Number one, if you're building a home lab, you don't know what you don't know. So how are you going to build that home lab to to actually test your skills? And I'm going to pick on on Cisco and I'm going to pick on the, 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 the CCNAs and the CCIEs here for a little bit. Now do right. that. Pick on me. <laughs> I wasn't explicitly going to say you, but... Neil, this comes up a lot. Firstly, would you recommend creating a home lab to learn cybersecurity hacking stuff? Um, and what would you do if you did recommend that? I mean, I've asked you a really broad question because I know you've discussed this before. So I want to hand it to you and you know just run with it. Absolutely, thanks, David. And 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 you and I kind of talked uh, uh, off camera about a little bit of this, and I told you I was going to take a pretty pretty stark stance on this, and so I'm going to. I'm going to upset all your your Cisco folks and all your uh, your 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 IT folks who are used to to that. And I'm going to say, if you're building home labs right now in cybersecurity, if you're, if you're buying hardware and you're buying servers to to put VMs on, you know, in a rack in your house, you're a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur. Um, I think that, I, and and this is something I I talk about pretty extensively. I don't see, I I don't see the need for physical home labs physical equipment home labs the same way that you know you know we thought about them back in the the 2000s the the, the mid to late 2000s especially around you know when we think about when when po people come to me and ask me about home labs um you can you can tell the question is centered from this idea that started, and I'm gonna pick on on Cisco, and I'm gonna pick on the the the, the CCNAs and the CCIEs here for a little bit. Now do right? that. Pick on me. <laughs> I wasn't explicitly gonna say you, but do you still have a physical rack inside of your your house with a lot of Cisco equipment? No, it's quite funny because I've got a bunch of equipment. It's actually up in the in the loft there, all powered <laughs> off and gathering dust because I I, I don't see the need unless you like just want to learn physically how stuff looks, uh, which you, you you do it perhaps at the very beginning. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in virtualizing stuff. Yeah, and that's, and that's and that's very much what I believe in, right? And I think that the Cisco mentality, I don't know where it started or how it manifested or why it is still alive in people today, but this idea that you have to have physical equipment to build any form of a home lab, I think is a, is a fallacy. And I think that it, it causes unnecessary waste. I think it causes an unnecessary financial burden on to, to, to most people. Um, and I think that it, uh, um, I, I don't think that it's, it's effective at what it is that we want to do whenever we teach ourselves cybersecurity. Um, now home lab conversations in cybersecurity are vastly different because we have so many job opportunities, right? Whether we talk about incident response, ethical hacking, malware, reverse engineering, um, you know, risk and governance, right? All the different job roles that you can have inside of a inside of a cybersecurity organization. Um, you know, generally speaking, as a general rule, if you're if you're not virtualizing your home labs, then you're failing step one. And, and I'll make that bold statement. Now, there's going to be a, a portion of people out there who are like, yeah, of course. I mean, I can virtualize on my laptop. And so I should have like a server in my house where I can have 50 virtual machines on it. And I'm just like, there's, you know, unless you're unless your home lab 
consist of a of a you know a small scale fortune 100 company why do you need 50 virtual machines right in most cases in most cases you only need a handful of virtual machines in very very few cases do you need a, a dozen virtual machines running at any point in time think about ethical hacking right if you're just practicing throwing an exploit you need a cali box and you need a target right if you're practicing doing reconnaissance you need a cali box and a target right this idea that you need to scan a class c so therefore i need 255 vms so that i can practice scanning a class c is a fallacy right the, the process for scanning one you know box can be you know upscaled to scanning 255 and so i i this when i say to people about building home labs one of the very very first things that i tell people and that's something i harp on is before you put pen to paper before you spin up your first virtual machine before you 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 launch cali the first time define what your objective is of that home lab define your objective um it and and when i say objective right the objective should be more than just i want to learn cali right i don't think that that's a good enough objective like i'll I'll sh I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a C plus maybe a C minus I'll give you a C right for for your objective being to learn Kali. What your objective should be is I want to learn how to use the Nmap scripting engine, right? Now for that you need a Kali box that's easy, right? But the target you need to decide the target based on which Nmap scripting script you want to run, and so that requires you to research the nmap scripting engine research all of the nmap scripts that are out there pick one that you want to learn really 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 well and then you set up a target that you get to practice on with that nmap script now what does this do for you right a it keeps the scope of your home lab really small and really pragmatic okay a, when you look at Nmap Scripting Engine, there are over 200 scripts in Nmap Scripting Engine, right? You're not going to be an expert in all 200, and you're not going to be able to create a home lab to test all 200. And chances are, when you learn one, it's a pretty repeatable process for a lot of the other scripting, you know, engines that are that exist inside of uh, inside of Nmap anyway. And so, becoming a really really good expert in one tool is more valuable than topical understanding of 200 tools. And the only way that you can do that, in my opinion, is to define the objectives of your home lab first and be very pragmatic in the definition of those objectives. Neil, I want to ask you this, though, because in Cisco environments, um, seeing that we 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 picking on Cisco and me, <laughs> um, there is no, like, hack the box. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's work on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the, in the in the old days, you know, we 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 old in the old days we had to have physical equipment because the software didn't run on virtualized environments. But now we have virtual environments. But we have this Cisco is kind of a bit behind here in that we have um, software that can be virtualized, so you can run Cisco devices on your on your laptop. But they're not always labs that people can follow. So, question to you in cybersecurity now: Would you recommend getting or creating a home lab or just you know, enrolling and hack hack the box 
and those kind of systems. Because um, offline, we kind of mentioned a little bit about that, but I want to push you now. So mm-hmm. what, what would be the right path or the best path for someone who's starting out? Is it like go and invest in a home lab, buy um, servers on Amazon or whatever, or, or just go and register with Hack the Box. Give us the path of what you'd recommend. 100%, 100%. And, and I think that that's really my point with Home Labs, right? Is that, you know, we've seen a blow up of Home Labs as a service, no lack of a better term, right? Yeah. Home Labs yeah. as a service, right? Whether we talk about Range Force, Try Hack Me, Hack the Box, Security Blue Team, CyberDefenders.org, um Vone Hub, I think, you know, at one point in time was 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 doing it as well. Um I think we've seen this explosion of these these home labs as a service that if you're going to invest in something, and I and, and I get DMs still about people who are like, when when I get enough money to get a new laptop or when I get enough money to get a new, you know, computer or something like that. And I'm just like, why do you need a new computer? when you can go do these home labs as a service, right? You know, if you've got a computer that can run Ubuntu, which is a very, I mean, you you can run Ubuntu on an ARM device these days, right? On, Just on a Raspberry Pi, yeah. On a Raspberry Pi, right? That costs you, what does a Raspberry, co- co- what does a Raspberry Pi cost like these days? Like $30 or something like that, I don't know. Exactly, exactly. I'll put a price on the screen. There you go, put, it, put, that, put that link on that screen for Raspberry Pi. But, you know, all you need to be able to do is to connect to these boxes and be able to run a lot of these labs inside of these 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 other people's places. And so I would say don't spend the money on a new laptop when you can instead give this money over to somebody and you can get, you know, to things that David and I have talked about on this this show quite extensively, right? Which is you can get hands-on skills with somebody else who's built a home lab and you can put that on your LinkedIn and your resume and you can be productive and effective at your trade craft today. So I just to I want to hop jump on that right now mm-hmm. because I I think you've mentioned two very important things there. Number one, if you're building a home lab, you don't know what you don't know. So how are you going to build that home lab to to actually test your skills? But someone else has already built that for you, so they 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 they've, they they perhaps know a lot more than you. So they've built this vulnerability or this test lab, and now you're testing your knowledge. And the second point I think is you can actually show employers that you've completed this lab. So it's got like a dual you know win if you like. Whereas if you build your own home lab, how do you prove that? Absolutely, and and. And um, I want to I want to say something about a company, um, and and I won't I won't name the you know you can cut this in or out. Um, it, it, I want to I want to I want to say something about Range Force, but I don't want it to come off as you know you know Range Force sponsors the stream, and I don't want to come off as as plugging Range Force because they sponsor the stream. So you can choose to cut this out if you want, but they do have something that I think is very pragmatic that I do want to harp on. Yeah, um, and I would and I would and I would har- and I would harp on this whether they were sponsoring the stream or not. So. Um, to that point, David, this is why I'm a fan of companies like Rangeforce from that hands-on perspective. And I'll give you an example. You know, instead of spending money on a home lab, you can go sign up for a company like Rangeforce, and they have um, they have what they refer to as battle paths for things like a SOC analyst. They have three levels of battle paths for a SOC analyst. They have a battle path for a threat hunter. And so, like, you can go put that money into something like Rangeforce you can go take the battle path for a SOC Analyst 1, and at the end of the day, you get a badge that says that you're certified on their platform, and it's an acclaim badge, which means that you can put it on LinkedIn, you can put it on your email signature, you can put it on your resume, that you're going to get an acclaim badge that says that you've passed their certification to be a SOC Analyst 1. 
And it's like, why would you not invest instead in all the work that they've done on building a home lab to get you a piece of credential that shows people that you've got hands-on experience as a SOC analyst, um, you know, almost immediately? Why would you need to do that yourself with your own physical hardware? To David's point, trying to build something, you know, you know, you don't know what it is that you don't know. Number one, number two, they have they have technologies like Splunk, like Carbon Black you know, like elastic, right? They have technologies that um, you can go get your hands on today because they've built the infrastructure to to put a elastic instance up or to put a Splunk instance up so that you can put your hands on real enterprise grade technology today. And so that's an investment that you can make in a home lab that instead of you know you trying to build your own Splunk instance or you trying to build your own elastic instance or you trying to find, you know, you know, some way that you can put your hands on carbon black so that you can practice your EDR perspective, you can go there and you can get those hands-on skills and you can put those on your resume immediately. And, and I'll tell you, when I look at people's resumes, David, and, you know, you know, when I start to look at their experience section and they don't have something like try hack me or hack the box or Rangeforce or CyberDefenders.org or insert the 700 other companies you know, that are out there that do provide that hands-on training, I start to ask myself, why? Why haven't you taken the time to invest in that hands-on training? And when we talk about home labs, this is why I get people into the conversation of what is your objective? Because if, if you know, if your objective is to be a better SOC analyst, you're never going to build that home lab. You're never going to build a home lab that demonstrates on your resume that you're a SOC analyst right, or that you're qualified to be a SOC analyst. You're never going to be able to build as good of a TriHackMe lab to show that you can be as successful in some of the TriHackMe exercises as if you were to go to TriHackMe and, and be part of their, you know, their their ecosystem. So, Neil, I just want to push you because I'm going to mm -hmm. like, put you right on the spot now. Yep. I've got a pool of money. Uh, let's say <laughs> Give it to me. $100, yeah. Sorry, not that much. $100 or $500 or $1,000, whatever it is, whatever my yeah. budget is. Yeah. Would I take that money and try and buy an, an expensive computer or uh, try and build a home lab? Or would I simply use what I've got and try and buy credits on Hack the Box and all these other places that you've mentioned? That's a fantastic question. And I've and I've had I've had people come to me. It's, it's ironic that you say that, but I've had people come to me and say, Neil, I've got a thousand or two thousand, you know, I, I think I had somebody come to me one time and said they got eighteen thousand dollars and what should they spend? Wow. You know, I know, right? <laughs> buy a car. And I was like, and I was like, do you realize that, you know, if you've got something like $18,000, like the last thing that I would put $18,000, I would put all $18,000 of that into, into, you know, my security education. I don't think you need to spend that type of money. If no. you've got a hundred dollars, if you've got $200, um, you know, and you're saving up, right. Regardless of where you you're at, regardless of anything like that, you're saving up. I think that that hundred or $200 investment is better spent on somebody else's home lab setup than on you investing in your own home lab setup, right? I think you can have your computer, you can have Ubuntu. And again, when I, when I talk to people, right, they're so used to thinking about Cali and they're so used to thinking about virtual machines that they're like, well, I need I need $1,000 to buy a computer that can have a virtual machine. Do you realize that if you have a computer that can, in, that can support Ubuntu, you can go to GitHub and you can just clone the repositories for things like Metasploit. You can clone the repositories for things like SQL Map. You can clone the repositories 
for, for most of the tools that are inside of, of Kali, um, and you can be a better penetration tester or better ethical hacker by learning how to install your own tools via get on, you know, on, on, on those, on those operating systems anyway. And so you don't need to spend a hundred dollars on a new laptop. You don't need to spend a hundred dollars on a laptop that has the capability to support a VM because you can do that on an Ubuntu machine. You can just go download the, 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 the applications that you think you need to be successful and try hack me, hack the box or, or anything else. But I get back to most of these other home labs. Most of them have jump boxes. Most of them have boxes that you can use to launch, you know, to be your exploit platform. You know, most of them have, you know, most of them give you that infrastructure. So all you realistically have to be able to do is just connect to them. And so if you have a device that can connect to those home labs, you should better spend that money investing in those in those paid services because you're going to take your career so much further than trying to have that Cisco mentality that it makes you feel like you have to have your own infrastructure in your own house. Yes, if you've got a, a Chromebook or some cheap uh, and nasty computer, as long as you can run a decent web browser, mm -hmm. a lot of these will work. Is that right? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, Neil, so let me put you on the spot again. Yep. Give me your top three, top five, because this is like a, a <laughs> meme with us. Top, th top three or top five uh, red team places to get labs yeah. and, and blue team. Absolutely. I don't know if there is that many, but you know, kind of like, just give us your list and then kind of why. And I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. I know I know you've mentioned INE before. I know you've mentioned Hack the Box. Um, just give us give a, give us a rundown and then kind of like give us your opinion why. Yeah, and, and I think three is going to be, I think three is going to be the limit because to your point, you know, you know, there's there's a lot out there, but I don't think that there's a lot that are doing it really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, I think that what this really boils down to from a top three perspective on the red team side, I would rank, um, um, Try hack me, probably number one. I would do hack the box number number two. Did I say that right? Try hack me number one. Hack the box number two. Um, number three would probably be. Oh, Neil, you seem to be struggling for number three. What about I and E? Because they seem to have a, a like a, when they bought E Learn Security, they seem to have a good thing. Or is that like a, more of a hybrid learning platform? It's it's more of a hybrid learning platform. You know, you you take a, a course on ethical hacking and then you get a lab, you know, like let's say that you're you're doing a learning module for um for Mimi Cats, then you're gonna get a lab on how to use Mimi Cats. Um when I look at and, and that that works, but I don't think that that's the same as a try hack me or a hack the box, which is trying to gamify an entire process. Um when you look at something like try hack me, they rank you right based on on um you know your ability to go from room to room inside of try hack me and and while i do think that ine has got great curriculum they don't have a gamified battleground type of place that allows you to you know level 1 i'm going to learn nmap level 1 i'm going to learn metasploit level 1 i'm going to learn responder okay you complete those rooms we're going to go up to level 2 and we're going to teach you SQL injection, um, you know, yada, 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 yada. That's all lab-based stuff, right? In the same way that Try Hack Me does, right? Where it tries to gamify it, you know, assign you points, um, you know, you know, help you kind of grow up in the space like that. Um, you know, INE, you know, their hybrid lab environment is, I'm going to teach you, you know, you know, ethical hacking, and I'm going to teach you how to use Mimi Cats, and then I'm going to give you a lab environment on how to use Mimi Cats. So it's 
cognitive learning followed by demonstrative validation in that regard. And that's vastly different than I think when we think about home labs, right? You can practice. When I think about a home lab, when I think about Try Hack Me, when I think about Hack the Box, um, when I think about those types of organizations, they're set down so that it's almost like video games, right? You sit down at the end of the day, you plug in, uh, you know, people plug yourself into your Xbox or your PS4, and you sit down there and you you play Call of Duty and you level up Call of Duty and you get new weapons and things like that from Call of Duty, and then you turn it off at the end of the night and you know you're you're focused in on the actual execution of your Call of Duty play. That's what I think about when I think about Try Hack Me. When I think about I and E. INE is is the step above that, right? In the sense of like, okay, I want to work towards the career of a penetration tester. And so I want to learn things in a career path passion that gets you from start to finish. And you're going to take labs along the way to provide validation for skill sets that you learn along the way. Um, could you still do really well at Call of Duty based on what you learn in INE? Absolutely, 100%. Um, but it's a different way of learning that stuff. And that's why I equate home labs differently to the conversation of the INE labs, because I don't think that the learning methodology is exactly the same as what you get from a home lab. So that's that's why I, that's my hesitation on the INE side is because I think that the delivery mechanism of the training isn't in the spirit of a home lab. No, I agree. I mean, it's like, it's more like mentored learning if, yeah. or, kind of thing. And then you get to practice. So do you have a third? I mean, you've got uh, Hack the Box, Try Hack Me. Uh, is there a third one that you'd recommend for Red Team? So so I want to show you something I'm working on, and you can decide whether to include it in um, in your um, in your in your video or not. 